Welcome to our e-commerce podcast series investigating the fundamental economic basis of Apple iTunes. This set of podcasts is part of an academic project at Curtin University in Western Australia for Net205 Internet Commerce and Consumers. This episode looks at the attention economy. Introduction to the attention economy. We live in an information society where the economic concepts we once held true are no longer applicable. The new era of information abundance differs greatly from the previous era of materialistic mass production, meaning traditional economic concepts such as price, cost, money, supply chains, distribution and demand are no longer as relevant. However, one part of the old economic paradigm has grown in importance, the value chain. The new economy no longer solely relies upon scarcity of material items, but rather upon intangibles which are able to flow through the internet. With digital goods, scarcity does not exist. As big business migrates to the web, they become part of an information society and are hence reliant upon grabbing and holding the attention of a target audience want with an abundance of information from a seemingly infinite number of sources. Abundance has created a commodity that is in scarce supply on the internet, attention. This supports Herbert Simon's law of information where he states, the rapid growth of information causes scarcity of attention. So now that we have your attention, let's find out more about the attention economy. Attention economics can be defined as a marketplace where consumers agree to receive services in exchange for their attention. Money may not exchange between the two parties, but value is still created by providing personalised news, search, alerts and buying recommendations. In the old economic paradigm of mass production, distribution networks were the creator of scarcity and hence value. Distribution networks were highly regulated and dominated by monopolies that were either natural or created via investment, and gave advantage to those companies with greater scale and scope. When levering advantages in scale and scope, access to regulated distribution networks becomes easier, making it easier to take economic advantage of increased scale and scope by limiting consumer choice. Underlying the desire to control these distribution networks was the need to grab and hold consumer attention and turn it into revenue. So attention has always been an important economic consideration. However, attention is now more difficult to gain due to the lowered barriers of entry to publishing, production and distribution on the internet. And more money does not necessarily mean more attention. As Michael Goldhaber points out, money flows to attention and not necessarily vice versa. The amount of money a company has does not guarantee them attention. Even if highly commercial websites are heavily promoted via marketing strategies such as advertising, they are likely to be visited only once if the content is not engaging. This battle to hold attention weakens the power of money in a new economic paradigm where attention is wealth. The attention economy gives the consumer greater choice by giving them the power to search for and choose the information that interests them. They are spending their attention on engaging web content. Thus, the cornerstone behind the attention economy is to make consumers happy by supplying them with a marketplace which provides them with and alerts them to relevant, reliable and engaging information. So let's take a look at the attention economy concept. Consumer attention is turned into revenue in the online marketplace in two ways. Firstly, using the attention gained to sell services and products directly from a website, or secondly, using the attention gained to resell that attention to others, in forms such as online advertising. 
there is much information gained about web users when they are paying attention, attention information. Businesses can store and analyse this attention information to provide better experience to web users in an effort to engage them in more meaningful and personal ways. Recommendation systems are a popular method of using attention information. Browsing histories, user reviews and previous purchases are all used to personalise the user experience. Recommendation systems can group together the histories of similar people to create an experience tailored to them by analysing what content they would be most interested in based upon similarities found in user profiles. So let's take a look at iTunes and the attention economy. The real value of iTunes is intrinsically tied to its Apple devices. Devices such as the iPod, iPhone and iPad when combined with iTunes software create a network of users that share information about music, movies, TV shows, applications, books and podcasts. Although content can be purchased and listened to without these devices through any PC or Mac, the simplicity and mobility of the iPod, iPad and iPhone has meant users can now access the store at all times and places, changing the consumer experience. The iTunes economic model is one indicative of the modern attention economy as described by Kevin Kelly. Apple adds intangible value to its products through the simplistic, accessible design of its hardware and the ease with which users can personalise these devices through software and media. Apple uses the innovative nature of its hardware devices to gain attention in the consumer marketplace. Apple then leveraged recommendation systems and Chris Anderson's long tail to personalise and enrich the user experience and better hold their attention. Apple uses iTunes to leverage the following eight intangibles to hold attention, which have been more generally described by Kevin Kelly. Point one, immediacy. When a new song, book, TV show, film or app is released or discovered, it can be immediately accessed by iTunes customers, alleviating the need for material goods to get to physical stores. Point number two, personalisation. By using the purchase and browsing history of iTunes users, Apple can recommend other products that might be of interest to them, adding value via the long tail found in Apple's extensive product catalogue. Point number three, interpretation. iTunes is free to download and use. However, the media downloaded is largely at a small price, exceptions being some free podcasts and apps. Point number four, authenticity. Due to the proprietary nature of Apple hardware products, the iTunes store and the agreements Apple holds with major media producers, users can rest assured that media being purchased via iTunes will be authentic and of high quality. Point number five, accessibility. By allowing users to access the iTunes store via the internet and internet-enabled mobile devices, the store is available globally 24-7. Alleviating the issues of brick-and-mortar stores limited by opening and closing hours and restricted product libraries. This also alleviates issues surrounding what is becoming an increasingly money-rich and time-poor society. Number six, embodiment. The accessibility digital copies of music, books, movies and TV, which iTunes supplies, increases the value found in live performances, hard copies of books and state-of-the-art theatres all due to their relative scarcity in comparison to digital media. Number seven, patronage. By supplying a platform that allows users to pay a small nominal fee for media, iTunes allows fans to reward artists, musicians and authors by paying a reasonable amount for their items rather than getting them for free through other sources. 
creating an intangible connection between creator and consumer, which often rewards consumers via the gift economy when they access free podcasts, apps, and other free digital media overflow materials in iTunes. And finally, point eight, findability. iTunes is a repository for cultural artifacts such as music, movies, and books. By allowing iTunes users to find information via search and recommendation systems, Apple leveraged Chris Anderson's long tail. When there are millions of books, millions of songs, millions of films, millions of applications, millions of everything requesting our attention, being found is valuable. Apple has successfully used recommendation systems and the long tail within iTunes to hold customer attention by generating highly personalised, engaging user experiences accessible at any time via internet-enabled devices. Apple must continue to harness such tools to promote new engaging content to users in order to hold their attention. By promoting new and engaging content via iTunes, Apple can direct iTunes users to previously undiscovered areas in the long tail, building an ongoing cycle of exploration, development and engagement. And in doing so, build ongoing revenue streams for Apple. Even though Apple effectively lock customers into their products once they build up a substantial media collection within iTunes, they still could be dependent upon the development of new hardware and devices which are both innovative in design and function and backwards compatible with their existing user libraries to hold these customers. Apple must ensure that they are relevant to the needs of today's consumers to hold their attention as money flows with attention. If Apple failed to do so, they will discover that, as with all organisations in an attention economy, attention is temporary, and they will face the prospect of a fragmented, less attentive audience as people move to other devices and online store which meet their ever-changing needs. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Please take time to listen to our other podcasts in our e-commerce series.